Hi, I'm David Bruce from the Erie Times News and GoErie.com. This is Char Berenger. She is Director <laughs> of Community Health Services for the Erie County Department of Health. And today we're going to talk about the new coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. Char is on the front lines for public health in, in Erie County on learning more about this and helping folks um, not get this virus that is um, currently in countries throughout the world. Um, Char, welcome to this Facebook Thank Live you. event. Glad to be here, David. Absolutely. <laughs> First, let's talk a little bit about coronavirus and COVID-19. Are these terms interchangeable or do they mean slightly different things? Well, coronavirus is actually a word for a whole group of different viruses. So COVID-19 is actually a very unique COVID virus. This is a, a, a coronavirus that we have not seen ever before. Before mm -hmm. December of 2019, this particular coronavirus has never been identified. Have there been other coronaviruses in the past that have infected significant groups of people? Yes. Um, if people remember the term SARS or the term MERS, uh, these were coronavirus variants back from, you know, earlier in uh, the 2000s. <laughs> okay, so when we heard about that, I know there, there was an outbreak in, I think, as close as Toronto with SARS, if I'm not mistaken. With SARS, correct. Um, but nothing that infected the number of people that we've seen over the last two months with COVID-19. That's certainly a unique characteristic of this particular coronavirus is that it really has now gone worldwide. Okay, so when we refer to COVID-19, we're talking about this particular strain, much in the same vein as if we're talking about influenza and we're talking about, let's say, H1N1. As a, it's a particular strain Okay, of, that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. It's a different strain of a, of a coronavirus. Right. And that kind of leads into, so I, we don't get anyone confused, the difference between influenza and coronavirus. These are different viruses. Absolutely different viruses. They behave differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so even though symptoms may be similar between COVID-19 and flu, they're totally different viruses. Why are the symptoms so similar between someone who has COVID-19 and someone who has influenza? It's the nature of these particular viruses. Uh, we know that the, for symptomology, both flu and COVID start with a fever, a, a deep chest cough. Uh, the difference with COVID as compared to flu is shortness of breath. That's not something that we see so much with flu and that's a, a very significant uh, symptom related to COVID-19. Okay, so more folks who have COVID-19 are complaining of shortness of breath than those who have influenza. Uh, if they have more advanced symptoms, yes. Okay. What are we seeing in, in northwestern Pennsylvania in Erie County? Have there been any cases at this point? At this point, no cases confirmed in Erie County or anywhere in northwestern Pennsylvania. How close, um, I understand, we have had cases in the eastern part of the state. Uh, Pennsylvania is now up to 11 confirmed cases, at least as of 11.45 a.m. today. Okay. Uh, all in the eastern part of the state, both northeastern and southeastern parts of the state. Uh, there now are some confirmed cases in Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, still no confirmed cases in western New York. Okay. Um, when we say Ohio, is it the Cleveland area? I, I think it was I, Cuyahoga. Well, I was told Cleveland area. I have not been able to verify that. Okay. Um, and forgive me for putting my glasses on, but I have to see my notes. Um, let's talk a little bit about how concerned should folks be. We've been reading about this and, and watching it on TV for, for a few months. Um, there's a wide range of how people are are acting about this. Some mm -hmm. people are trying to downplay it. Some people are really, really worried. How concerned should folks be? 
the COVID-19, um, the way it's spreading, and sometimes it's tough to predict viruses, but we know for this virus that it has spread very rapidly throughout the world. Uh, do I expect to see COVID-19 across the United States and here in Erie County? Yes, I do. Just by the, the nature of the virus and how it is spreading. At the same time, we know that 80% of the people who do become ill with COVID-19 do have mild symptoms. Uh, so that means 20% have more severe symptoms that require medical attention, perhaps hospitalization. And as we, Shar and I talk about, have talked about flu for years and years during flu season, and one of the things that we've always tracked with influenza is the age of it. Some strains of flu tend to, most, many strains of flu tend to affect older people more. Sometimes there are strains of flu that affect younger people more. With COVID-19, which again is not flu, it's a different virus, what are we seeing in terms of the most vulnerable age groups? Is this tend to skew toward younger or older people? Okay. COVID-19 is tending to skew very definitely towards elderly population or those with um, multi-comorbidities, um, that's a big word. They have lots of other conditions, chronic conditions, uh, or they're immunosuppressed for some reason. And when we talk about um, some of these conditions, uh, immunosuppressed, we could be talking about patients that have been on chemotherapy for a while. Most definitely. Um, people with um, congestive heart failure, I would imagine. Correct. Uh, COPD and other lung illnesses, correct? Those, those right. are the folks we're talking about. Or perhaps someone who's had a transplant and is on immunosuppressive therapy oh, related okay. to a transplant. And so that kind of leads to, um, and folks who saw the paper today saw the uh, decision that LECOM Health made concerning its skilled nursing centers, where as of today, they have um, banned almost all visitors from their, their three skilled nursing centers. Um, as a precaution against coronavirus. Um, Char, what's your take on that? I, I, I interviewed some of the other skilled nursing centers and they said that's what they'll do once there are cases locally. Mm -hmm. LECOM Health made this uh, proactive um, before there were any cases. Is this a prudent step? What, what, what's your take on this? Okay, uh, any private facility can absolutely make their own decisions as to how they want to protect their consumers uh, from this coming virus. Uh, so it, it's certainly within their um, their proper you know it, it's certainly within their call to make that decision. Okay, these facilities where some of the sickest, oldest folks reside, mm -hmm. they are a particularly vulnerable population. I mean, just anecdotal we, we saw from the cases at the um, facility in Kirkland, Washington, correct, where they had so many deaths. Right. Um, this kind of goes to what you're talking about, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, th these are folks that are older, have probably weakened immune systems. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this, these are the facilities that probably should have the most stringent um, protocols for coronavirus. Uh, and the protocols that were put in place are the protocols that are typically used when uh, flu is present in the community also, as far as restricting visitors. If you're otherwise, if you're healthy and, mm -hmm. and you're not um, elderly and, and you're relatively healthy, um, what tends to be what you've seen, what does battling COVID-19 what is it like? What, what are the symptoms that you, you typically get? How severe is it? You mentioned 80% of the folks don't have to see a medical provider? Correct. So is it, is it just kind of like the flu? Is it more like some people get more like a, a common cold? What, what are they getting? Okay. The, the basic symptoms are more flu-like in that there's significant fever. So we usually say above 100.4. Uh, if you have a thermometer, 100.4 Fahrenheit, if you have a thermometer to measure it. Uh, 
that cough, and we're talking a, a chest cough, we're not talking a head cold. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone who has chronic postnasal droop and is coughing, that's not a COVID ri- a COVID-19 risk. So we're talking a deep chest cough. And again, sometimes that can develop into a shortness of breath. So initially, it's going to be really hard for someone to tell the difference between flu and COVID-19. It's really, really important, though. If you have that kind of symptomology, stay home. Mm-hmm. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't socialize. <laughs> and what, what should you do? If you have these symptoms, should you immediately contact your, your primary care provider? Uh, if you have only those symptoms, where a, a fever and a deep cough, and you're able to manage it at home, uh, manage it like you would a flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, unless, you ha- unless that is connected with uh, travel to risk countries or an area that has significant COVID-19 disease, uh, or if you've been in contact with a confirmed case, if someone has been in contact with a confirmed case, uh, then you should certainly call your medical provider and look for direction on, on how to approach that. Okay. Let's talk about uh, things you can do to prevent um, acquiring the disease. Um, what are some, some basic steps? We've heard a, a lot about hand washing in the last few weeks. Okay. Um, what are some, some what should, how should you wash your hands and what are some of the other things folks can do to reduce their risk of acquiring the illness or becoming a carrier of the virus. Certainly, uh, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. The <laughs> mantra, uh, and I, which I hear every week from Charlotte <laughs> when we're talking about flu. <laughs> and actually, the, the rule is 20 seconds. So, uh, if you want to help yourself, if you want to help your children, uh, count to 10, do it again, sing the happy birthday song two times, and that'll get you the 20 seconds for the hand washing. And and when to hand wash is important. Certainly always before you eat. Certainly always after using restroom facilities. Certainly uh, always before preparing food. Um, If you've coughed or or sneezed into your hand instead of your sleeve, um, certainly wash your hands then. Uh, Anytime they're dirty, certainly. Uh, Soap and water is fine. You don't have to have an an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Uh, If you are gonna use a hand sanitizer, uh, the CDC does suggest an alcohol level of 60% to 90% alcohol in that hand sanitizer. Okay. Uh, other things uh, you can do, um, cover your coughs and sneezes uh, into your elbow if possible. Should we be shaking um, hands? Shaking hands is a way that viruses and bacteria are transmitted. Mm-hmm probably a prudent time to discourage that behavior. Well, especially with flu still around, too. I mean, we're not talking just about COVID-19. We're also experiencing one of the busier flu seasons that we've seen in in at least 20 years. Right. Um, The other thing is to clean surfaces that get touched. Um, So think about things like doorknobs, toilet handles, uh, counters, basically anything that you have touched that can be wiped down should be wiped down with an antiseptic cleaner. Um, and the last item is, as I said, stay home if you're sick. <laughs> um, let's talk about face masks. We've seen okay. the video of cities around the world of folks wearing face masks. I was able to, to exchange emails with an, an Erie native who, was in South, who lives in South Seoul, South Korea right now, and she says 95% of the people on the streets in Seoul are wearing face masks. Is this something that helps you prevent acquiring COVID-19? Who should be wearing face masks out in public? Okay, the science behind masks. Um, A surgical mask, so that's a a fairly loose mask, 
is designed for those who are ill, those who are sick, they have symptoms of the coughing or the sneezing, to prevent those droplets from being shared with someone else. So it's to prevent the person wearing the mask from spreading a virus or bacterial infection to other to others. Correct. It okay. will not protect someone from the viruses and bacteria that are in the air. Okay. Now, what's called an N95 mask, that's a tighter mask. Uh, to work right, it actually requires a fit test. Mm -hmm. That is designed for... I'm sorry, I didn't silence my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but go, so it's okay. an N95 mask. This is a, a more like a surgical... Or uh, what kind of mask? This is, is a mask that is designed for healthcare professionals mm -hmm. and for emergency responders. So it's important that those N95 masks be used by and be safe for the medical providers. If there's not enough N95 masks supply wise for our first responders and our medical providers, and our medical community becomes ill, that is a definite problem for our community. If our medical providers become ill and can't work, and people are becoming ill and need attention, not a good scenario. Absolutely. So the appropriate use of masks is, is really, really what we are asking for. Okay. Um, talking about medical providers, um, UPMC has had weekly press conferences down in Pittsburgh the last two weeks mm -hmm. to talk about the coronavirus. One of the things they announced um, was the fact that they are working on their own test for the coronavirus, yes. for the COVID-19. Uh -huh. um, and again, this may be a question more for the UPMC folks, but mm -hmm. as a public health official, Shar, what's the purpose of them having a test when there already is a test out there? Okay. Um, there are certainly some tests out there, uh, but at this point in the USA, there's not enough tests out there. So what the CDC has done is they have basically released to private industries um, for lack of a better word, maybe the formula that's needed to make these tests and are encouraging private industry to make more tests. The goal across the country is to test more people. We can't do that until these test kits are actually available. And just in the last week or so, about the last eight days, testing has been done in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, the the, the yeah. State Department of Health's lab in the eastern part of the state, I think just outside of Philadelphia, Correct. has been doing tests and right now, what's the turnaround? If, if you go to a local um, emergency department and they believe, after consulting either the county health department or the state health department, that mm -hmm. you need tested for COVID-19, how long does it take to get a result right now? Okay. The turnaround time, once the specimen is received at the Pennsylvania Department of Health Public Health Lab outside of Philadelphia, is 24 to 48 hours. Okay. Uh, at this point in time, they are able to test between 100 and 125 specimens a day. Just a question about travel that has come in. Should anybody in the Erie region be concerned about traveling anywhere else domestically right now? What, uh, what are your thoughts on generally traveling to and from the Erie region? Okay. That's a very good question. Uh, the CDC actually posts travel advisories. At this point, all of those travel advisories are for international locations. They are not for anywhere in the USA. Uh, at the same time, uh, th this map's out there. Johns Hopkins University has a map that uh, shows across the US where there are cases. That's really going to come down to an individual decision uh, and how you feel about the possibility of being in an area where COVID-19 is present. 
let's talk a little about the notification. We have not had any cases in Erie County. Um, what what is the protocol that's going to happen that that is in place now for announcing cases publicly? Mm -hmm. And um, I know some states, some some counties are announcing when people are in quarantine or some people are in isolation. Um, what is the county's protocol for those folks is in addition to any actual cases of COVID-19? Okay. Uh, in Erie County, as in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, when there is a positive case present, there will be an announcement that there is a positive, a confirmed case present. Uh, if there are ever people in quarantine or isolation, that will not be announced. Okay. Was that based on the state health department or how, how did the county come uh, up with that? State health department is doing that. And okay. if you think about it, we as a health department investigate a lot of communicable diseases. Mm -hmm. And we never address publicly, you know, someone that we're investigating or how many people we're investigating related mm -hmm. to a certain diagnosis. So COVID-19 isn't different in that way. It's how you're treating other communicable diseases Correct. in the past. Okay. Uh -huh. We reported on March 5th that no test kits are available in Erie yet. We addressed that. Uh, are they going to be at the hospitals? Are they? Are they? Should they be available at drugstores for over-the-counter purchase, or are they only going to be available for free to sick people to be used on in hospital settings? Okay. At this point in time, as of today, there are no test kits in Erie County. Uh, at this point, when testing is approved by the Pennsylvania Department of Health, those specimens are going to the Pennsylvania Department of Health lab. What we would like to see down the road is certainly test kits available that uh, emergency room could use, that providers offices could use. Uh, we are not there yet. There's a, there are, is quite a bit of discussion about the hope that cases will start to go down once the weather warms up. Mm -hmm. Is there any scientific knowledge behind that? And um, is there concern, like the great flu epidemic back in 1918, mm -hmm. that it could come back in the fall with a vengeance? Okay. Um, because it's a new virus, we just don't know what it's going to do when summer comes. Uh, we know that the flu tends to go down in the summer. and basically go away in the summer. We get very little flu reported in July and August. Uh, we don't know that about COVID-19. Uh, coronavirus is different than a flu viruses. We know flu viruses don't like the summer heat. We don't know that about coronaviruses. So it is, it is an unknown. We might it see cases unknown. through the summer. Um, how prudent is it, we, we're seeing mostly in other countries, but we're seeing it a little bit here in the United States, of, of postponing large gatherings where, where people are clustered together, mm -hmm. um, even to the point where there's professional sporting events in other countries that are being played with no fans in the stands whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, do you anticipate that happening here? And is that a, a prudent way to prevent additional spread of the disease? Okay. There is certainly the possibility that there would be some ban on large gatherings at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the organizations that have done that, it, it's based on the um, the fact that we know that uh, particularly outside of the U.S., uh, majorly outside of the U.S., that there has been community spread of this virus. In other words, we, virus, the, the COVID-19 disease has been confirmed in people that they could not connect them to travel. They could not connect them to contact with confirmed cases. So 
based on the utmost of caution, especially for the events that draw international um, attendees, mm-hmm. uh, they have made that decision to not hold those events. It makes sense mm-hmm. uh, because you really don't have any control or any idea who is coming in. And someone might not even knowingly be coming, knowing that they have it, uh, and inadvertently be exposing other persons. How, be, how long before symptoms develop are people spreading this particular virus? Okay, at this point we have no evidence that it is spread before symptoms. Okay. Uh, we know that it takes 2 to 14 days after you're exposed for symptoms to develop. But right now, there's no indication that people are spreading this before the symptoms develop. There's no science to support that at this time. Okay. And if somebody thinks that they have symptoms, uh, should they what what steps should they take? Uh, the, their PCP or go to the emergency room or what, what's the the best way to possibly treat and and when? Okay. At this point in Erie County, if you think that you have symptoms of COVID-19, uh, the best place to call is your primary care provider. Uh, If you don't have a primary care provider, certainly there are urgent care centers. Um, I would not recommend going to the emergency room unless you are are very ill. If you have shortness of breath, if you have problems breathing, you need to go to an emergency room. Short of that, a screening through your primary care physician would be the place to start. And once again, Char, I know you mentioned it earlier, um, what are the main symptoms of COVID-19? Okay, the main symptoms are the fever and the chest cough. And because there are other viruses and bacteria out there, they can have these same symptoms. That's why it makes sense to start with our own um, providers. True. And if it happens to be influenza, which again, we are still seeing in the community, Mm -hmm. you call your PCP, you may be able to get an antiviral drug um, within the first 24 to 48 hours of that, and it could reduce your, your, the length of your, of your influenza. Right. Right. Flu, we can actually test more. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Char, for coming. Um, We've addressed quite a bit here on Mm -hmm. COVID-19. I do appreciate you coming on this Facebook Live event. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Mm